Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. This is Lee Habib, and this is Our American Stories, the show where America is the star and the American people. Up next, a story about a man you've likely heard about in elementary school and remember as the peanut guy. His name, George Washington Carver, and he didn't invent peanut butter or much of anything at all. Rather, throughout his life, he worked to improve the lives of the farmers and students around him. Here's National Park Service Ranger Curtis Gregory at the George Washington Carver National Monument in Diamond, Missouri, with a story of this remarkable man. Well, Moses and Susan Carver were um, originally from Illinois, and they came here between 1830, 1835, probably closer to 
1835. And they came out here, like a lot of people at that time period, to start a new life. Moses farmed about 100 acres, and he grew corn, wheat, um, potatoes, and all sorts of different crops to make a living. He had a lot of work, farm animals on the property, so it was a working farm. And so Moses would take his crops or so, or products into town to sell them. So that's how Moses kind of made a living. And Moses and Susan did that for about 20 years or so by themselves. And then in 1855, uh, Moses purchased one enslaved girl by the name of Mary. We believe that in 1855 is when she had her first son, James, they called him Jim. And then between 1860 to 1864, probably closer to 1864, is when we believe that George was born. Now, there's not an exact birth date on George, but we believe he was born about 1864. We also believe that George's father was another enslaved individual on a neighboring farm who died in an accident before George was born. So George would have never known his father, and he would have barely known his mother, because at the end of the Civil War or so, after George was born, George and his mother were abducted or kidnapped here. Here in southwest Missouri at the near the end of the Civil War, so it was kind of a dangerous unrest place. Bushwhackers, slave raiders, jayhawkers, all these groups of individuals were located in this area. And someone or a group of individuals came on the Moses Carver farm and took Mary and George would have been a small baby. Moses Carver, of course, the enslaver wanted to get him back, so he hired a man to go out to, you know, to retrieve basically his property. And so the story goes that this John Bentley went down in Arkansas, 40 miles south of here, and that's where George was found. But Mary was never ever found. So George was brought back here, and Mr. and Mrs. Carver took the two boys in. And George would have stayed here until he was about maybe about 12 or so. So the, the Civil War ends, slavery ends, and so George and Jim are kind of boys growing up on a, a rural Missouri farm. The story goes that George was kind of sickly as a, as, a, as, a, as a boy here, so he would help around the cabin with some of the chores like washing clothes, which we do know that was one of his chores. He made it into a business later when he went off to one of his colleges. Jim was a stronger little kid, so he would help Moses around the farm with, you know, milking cows, collecting eggs, and those type of chores. When George had free time, he would go down in the wooded area where he began to learn about flowers and trees and birds and all sorts of things to do with the natural world. And this is where we believe it started at his formative years on the, on, on the, on the Carver farm, where he began to learn about all sorts of things to do with nature. And he would go down in the woods and he would play and he would explore and he was very curious about how trees would grow, how flowers would grow, all sorts of things to do with the natural world. He collected rocks in the woods and he had a very, very special place that he called his secret garden and he wouldn't tell anyone where his secret garden was located. And while he was here, this is where he got dubbed the plant doctor because George, supposedly George was able to take little sick plants and heal them and supposedly all the neighbors around in the area would bring their plants 
that George could heal their little plants. So he was known as the plant doctor while, while he was here. And also on the, on the farm is where he learned art. And that was George's first love was art when he was a kid here. There's a wonderful story that goes that he was supposed to run an errand for Mrs. Carver for one of the neighbors and was supposedly only able to go to the kitchen, but he went into the parlor or living room where he saw paintings for the first time, fell in love with paintings and went back into the wooded area and started making his own paints out of mud, out of flowers, out of berries and started painting little na nature scenes and stuff. He's a little kid, he didn't know much about science. He's curious about the natural world, but his first love was art. And that's where it all started at here. And while he was here, he was also curious about learning, learning as much as he could, and he wanted to go to school. Well, this is right after the Civil War in Missouri, and Missouri changed its constitution to allow for black education. And so there was a school that was on, not, located not too far from here, about a mile or so down on Carver Road. And it was, it was a church, you know, it was the Locust Grove Church, but during the week it was the school for all the kids in this area. So George wanted to go to that school, but George and Jim were not allowed to go to that school because they were black. Now there is a possibility we believe that Moses Carver tried to get the boys admitted into the school, but we believe it was the townspeople that would not allow this. So he really wanted to go to school, so he found out in the nearby town of Neosho, there was a school for, for black kids in Neosho. And he said he was leaving. He told Moses and Susan Carver that he was gonna go to that school in Neosho, and from the age of 12 or so, he was on his own. Moses didn't give him anything, as far as we know, no money. He didn't even give him a ride. So he walked the eight to 10 miles into the little town of Neosho. And when we come back, more of the story of George Washington Carver here on Our American Story. Here at Our American Stories, we bring you inspiring stories of history, sports, business, faith, and love. Stories from a great and beautiful country that need to be told. But we can't do it without you. Our stories are free to listen to, but they're not free to make. If you love our stories in America like we do, please go to OurAmericanStories.com and click the donate button. Give a little. Give a lot. Help us keep the great American stories coming. That's OurAmericanStories.com. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. And we're back with Our American Stories and the story of George Washington Carver as told by National Park Service Ranger Curtis Gregory. When we last left off, George Washington Carver had decided to walk several miles to go to school in Neosha, Missouri, leaving behind his former enslavers. Let's continue with the story. So the story goes that he got to Neosha, he, f- he found the black section of town and the school, and nearby the school there was a house, and supposedly behind this house was a barn or shed, and um, the story goes that George went to this barn or shed to spend the night or so, spend the night, and the next day a lady came out to find him in this barn sleeping. She wanted to know why he was there. And Mariah Watkins, Mariah and Andrew Watkins, who lived next door to the school, took him in for about a year. And so he did chores around the house at Mariah and Andrew's house for, um, for his room and board. So when he, li- when he goes to live with Mariah and Andrew Watkins, Mar- Andrew and Mariah were a black couple next door to the school. They didn't have any children of their own. And um, so he, um, 
he, he stayed with them and he thought a lot about of, of Andrew and Mariah. They seemed to be like, I, I, kind of like the first like set of black parents that he, he had. He didn't, you know, he, he didn't know his mother and he didn't know his father. So this is the first really time that he has interaction with an African-American couple. And so he lives with them. Mariah um, was also a midwife. Um, she also dabbled in herbs and plants and she taught him about herbs and plants. And Mariah was also very religious, very spiritual. And so she, George would go to church with her. And um, this is where we believe a lot of George's, um, his faith comes from. And so his relationship with the Watkins seemed to be, seemed to be very strong. And he seemed to keep in touch with them for the, for the rest of, at least for the rest of her life. So he's in Neo's show and he finds the school to be very good. He f forms friends in Neo's show, but he thinks that he's, he learned as much as he could from the little school in Neo's show. He thought he could do better. So there was a family that was moving to Fort Scott, Kansas, and George asked the family if he could go with them. They said, sure, you can go. So he left Neo's show for about 75 miles away to Fort Scott, Kansas, claiming that he walked most of the way. I'm not sure how true that is, but he said he walked most of the way. He found a job and thought the job was a pretty good job and thought the school was a lot better. So life seemed to be pretty good for him in Fort Scott until March of 1879. There was an incident that took place that I think changed his early life. There was a black man that was, had allegedly committed a crime and the man was in jail, but some of the townspeople thought the legal process was taking a little too slow. So this group of individuals supposedly went to the jail, they overtook the sheriff, beat the sheriff up, overtook the, um, the jailhouse, took the man out of jail, and George said they brought the man, dragged the man past where he was living at, and then they hung him from a lamppost and then set him on fire. And it was a pretty horrific incident that, you know, that took place. Supposedly there were several hundred people or so that were involved in this. And it really frightened George. Whatever happened, either George was involved or he witnessed this, it, it really frightened him. But he's about 14 or 15, and that was frightening anyone. So the next day or so, in a few days or so, he immediately leaves Fort Scott. He leaves Fort Scott because of the incident. And the story seemed to stay with him a, a lot in his life because in the 1930s, someone was asking him about that incident and he said in the 1930s that it still frightened him. So from there, from, from Fort Scott, he drifted from town to town. He um, went to Kansas City and took a typing course or some sort of business course. And then from Kansas City, he went to, um, he went, he went to Highland, Kansas. Highland, Kansas was a small town, but had a college. So he applies to Highland College on paper. He gets um, a letter back that he's accepted, very excited. But then when he showed up at Highland College for his first day, 
They wanted to know why I was there, and George explained why I was there, and they said, well, we can't take you because you're black. We did not know that you were black. And he homesteaded for a little while. He had a claim, but he wasn't very successful as a, as a, as a homesteader at all. And, and it was rough. The winters were rough out there. It was a, it was a rough environment. So for some odd reason, around, 18, around 1889 or so, he left there and went to Iowa. And really, no one knows why he went to Iowa, but it was a good choice to go to Iowa because he found a job working in a hotel. And while he was going to, uh, he was attending a church, he met a doctor and Mrs. Milholland. And Dr. and Mrs. Milholland also had a huge, huge effect on his life. They became instant friends, and George stayed friends with them for the rest of their lives. And the Milhollands encouraged him a lot. They encouraged him not to give up his love of going to college. And so, during Winterset, Iowa, um, about 20 miles or so away in Indianola, a Simpson College. Simpson College is still open today. George applied to Simpson College. He was accepted, and when he showed up, they welcomed him with open arms. Now, while he was at Simpson College, he originally took a bunch of art courses because that was his first love, was art. And he wanted to be an artist. But there was a, a teacher that really showed some interest in George. And she said, you know, you're a good artist, George, but I'm not really sure if you can make it as, as an artist. So maybe you should think about some other career paths. Well, she noticed that he was a good drawer of flowers and plants. So this teacher said, maybe you should think about a career in botany. And so what's interesting is this teacher's father happened to be a professor of horticulture at Iowa Agricultural School, what is now Iowa State University. So George transfers to what is now Iowa State University. He was the first black person to be admitted at Iowa State University. So he arrives on campus on his first day. He's the only black student on the entire campus. He gets called a lot of derogatory names. And then Iowa didn't provide any provisions for him. They didn't provide a dormitory for him. A teacher gave him an office space for him to live. And at first when he arrived there, he couldn't eat in the cafeteria. He had to eat in the basement with the, with the help, with the kitchen help. But he never gave up. He graduated the first black to graduate from Iowa Agricultural School with a degree in scientific agriculture, stayed at Iowa and um, got a master's degree in 1896 in agriculture as well. So um, they wanted him to stay there, but Booker T. Washington, and the Booker T. Washington was one of the founders of Tuskegee in Tuskegee, Alabama. He invites Carver to come to start the agriculture department at Tuskegee. And you've been listening to Curtis Gregory talking about the life of George Washington Carver. And there was a lot of meandering until there wasn't. And it was at Iowa State that he found his bearings, found his calling, and most important, found his mentors and the training he needed to get where he needed to get next. And of course, he made history, even as a college student, being the first African-American to ever graduate from what is now Iowa State University. When we come back, more of the life of George Washington Carver here 
on Our American Story. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 infinity qx80 join us march 20th live from the edge at hudson yards in new york city featuring an unforgettable performance by grammy and academy award-winning singer songwriter and composer john batiste the all-new infinity qx80 is unlike any luxury suv you've ever seen Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. And we're back with Our American Stories and the story of George Washington Carver as told by National Park Service Ranger Curtis Gregory. When we last left off, George Washington Carver, who had been the first black student at Iowa State University to graduate, had just been extended an invitation to join the faculty at the Tuskegee Institute, founded by none other than Booker T. Washington. He was to start the Agricultural Institute there. Let's continue with the story. George Washington Carver, in 1896, graduated from Iowa State, at that time it was Iowa Agricultural School, with a master's degree in scientific agriculture. Booker T. Washington found out about this young black student and offered him a position at Tuskegee Institute to start the agriculture department. Well, he went there and he found a school that was kind of starting out, didn't have a money for a laboratory for him. So what he did, what Carver did was, he and some of his students went to the junk piles around Tuskegee for his very first laboratory. You know, he was there for 47 years. He did quite a bit in agriculture, mainly for the peanut because the peanut was so, he was so well known for because, I don't know, I think it was because of that testimony in 1921. When he went before the House Ways and Means Committee is when Carver became well known as the peanut guy. There was a peanut association group that wanted him to speak on behalf of a peanut tariff. And so Carver agreed, and so he went to Washington, and he spoke before the, the House Ways and Means Committee. When he got there to the room, the committee members were very rude. They made several racial comments about him. They weren't, weren't very nice. And Carver just kind of blew some of those comments off. And so they gave him, they said, you know, you have 10 minutes to speak. And so what Carver did was he, he walked up to the, the head of the room and he had a box. And he put the box on the table and he started pulling these things out of the box that he had produced from peanuts. And the committee was so amazed by his presentation and what he was presenting, the committee chairman said, you have unlimited amount of time, brother. That's when he became known as this peanut person. Peanut got mad, because it was written the next day or so, it was written in newspapers all across the country about his presentation. He earned their respect. But Carver's whole goal to me was that he wanted to help the man furthest down. And Carver would often use this term where he would often say, I want to help my people as much as possible. And he would use that term most of his life. He wanted to help where students were learning agricultural techniques in the school. Carver and his staff 
will go out into the rural communities and help farmers and farming families as much as they could. Now, a lot of the things that Carver did were not new techniques at all, but they were definitely new to these mostly rural black farmers. He would write these agriculture bulletins that would um, encourage farmers and farming families how they could improve their lives and improve their land and such. Crop rotation and diversifying their crops and, and things like that. Now USDA agriculture bulletins were written on a scientific level, but what Carver did with his bulletins were he wrote them for the simple man in basic terms. Um, there are about 43 different agriculture bulletins that he wrote. Carver also came up with a really, really neat idea early on when he was at Tuskegee where he would outfit a movable school on wheels. Booker T. Washington secured funding from a, a wealthy New York banker by the name of Morris Jessup and the, it became known as the Jessup Agriculture Wagon. And they would take this wagon out and set it up at a church or at someone's farm and they would teach farmers. Besides teaching agriculture and stuff, Carver did so much more. He was a pretty good spokesperson for um, interracial cooperation. He would go out to white colleges and universities, oftentimes at first kind of rejected somewhat, but he would go and speak um, to white colleges and, and universities, never using race, but he would show examples of what he was able to do in his laboratory. And it was, what was interesting about that was a lot of these young people, white college students, would keep in touch with him for the rest of his life. Um, there was a group of young men called, that was known as the, known as the um, Carver's His Boys. Um, young white college students, Carver made a, such an impression on them, they would often come and visit him at Tuskegee, and they, a lot of times they would accompany him on some of his speaking engagements and such as well. Besides that as well, his love was art. He never gave up his love of art. He painted for the rest of his life. And what he would often use for his paints was clay, and he called it rich Alabama clay. And he would make paintings out of, he would use his rich Alabama clay to, to create his, 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 his paintings. Carver would often give these paintings away as gifts. He also did needlework and crocheting, but in those 47 years at, at Tuskegee, he dedicated himself to service. And he said this service is the only thing that counts, to service, service to others. Carver lived a very, very simple life. He never moved off of the campus of Tuskegee. He lived in two dormitory rooms his entire life. You know, if we would see Carver today, some would think he would be, you know, he would maybe resemble a homeless person as such because he wasn't interested really in material wealth. The only thing that was recognizable about Carver every day was that he had a fresh flower or weed in his lapel. It seemed that Carver wasn't interested in, as I said, wasn't interested in a lot of material wealth, but he did have three patents from Peanuts, uh, one on a lady's facial cream from Peanuts and two on um, from paint stains. 
He never married. He came close one time to a lady at Tuskegee, but things didn't work out too much. He had an assistant that he took in 1935, and his assistant, his name was Austin Curtis, and he was often called Baby Carver, and they were very good friends. He was kind of like his, like a, a son to, like a son to Carver. And then later on, he just seemed to be, he just seemed to have, have a lot of different just health problems. George Washington Carver died on January 5th, 1943. Six months later, Congress established George Washington Carver National Monument. Six months after his death, the first national monument dedicated to an African-American in the National Park Service was established. He still has a huge influence and a lot of our visitors that will come here will say, oh, I read a story, I read a biography on when I was a little kid and I remember George Washington Carver. And that's what brought me to your National Monument. We can continue that legacy every day with students that come here and they can remember and tell others and bring their parents here and bring others here and where they can, you know, fulfill that legacy uh, of, about George Washington Carver. And a terrific job on the production by Monty Montgomery. And a special thanks to Katrina Hine on the assist on the audio and storytelling. And most important, a special thanks to National Park Service Ranger Curtis Gregory, the George Washington Carver National Monument in Diamond, Missouri. The story of George Washington Carver, the peanut guy, here on Our American Story. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me, like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. 
Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.